Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by The Afterlight Institute. The Afterlight Institute is a community of teachers and students seeking to expand their spiritual gifts and their inner wisdom on the road to illuminating their forgotten selves. Offering online courses, in-person retreats, live events, online expositions, and more, the Afterlight Institute is a safe and inclusive space for all. To learn more, head to theafterlightinstitute.com. Lauren Grace here and welcome to the show. And I'm joined today for the second time by my new friend. Can we call each other friends now? I mean, we've hung out for an hour. That pretty much makes us friends. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you, Amy. That would have been awkward if you said no. So I'm joined (laughs) by my friend, Amy Sikarski. She's a licensed vocational nurse, master energy therapist, international intuitive, physical channel, and certified past life hypnotherapist. I'm getting crazy goosebumps as I read this. Amy is certified in Reiki in 2001. She's a Reiki master teacher, and she was certified in pranic healing, earth-based transpersonal healing, the reconnection, crystal healing, intuitive communication, and more. She's the founder of Spirit School, where she offers channeled messages, meditations, courses, and certifications in intuitive communication and energy therapy through online and in-person classes. She's also the author of the best-selling books, The Ultimate Guide to Channeling, Practical Techniques to Connect with Your Spirit Guides. And this is a book we're going to be referencing today in our conversation. She's also the author of Star Seeded Ascensions, Activating the Star Seed, and co-author of Messages from the Councils. She is a channel for the Council of Light, Spirit Guides, and Archangels, and she's the host of the Spirit and Soul Healing Podcast. You can find Amy over at Amy Sikarski on Instagram and Raise the Vibe Tribe, where she offers inspirational and educational posts and interactive live videos to millions monthly. And I'll put a link to all that in the show notes. Amy, welcome to the show. I'm so looking forward to our conversation today. We're going to be talking about all things channeling. I haven't had an episode that's been fully dedicated to this subject, so I'm so glad I brought you in because you're the expert in this and I can't wait to get started. So welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, this is going to be a really good conversation. It is. So for our listener at home, I did mention that uh, Amy's been on the show before. So um, I'm going to be putting the link to our previous episode in this in the show notes here. So I'm really going to try to refrain from asking you questions that I I, we talked about in that episode. Mm -hmm. I mean, it may happen. But in general, I really want to keep to the subject of channeling because I think there's so much for us to cover within this subject. There's a lot of misconceptions about channeling is channeling basically when people possess you, you know, Um, we've seen a lot of movies, most of us in terms of these sort of concepts. And um, I guess I want to talk about best practice when channeling, what kind of information can you get when you're channeling? Who do you channel? Who can even do this work? So before we get to all that, Amy, how did you first get introduced to the concept of channeling? And when did you realize that you were in fact a channel? Oh, yeah. Well, I started channeling when I began with energy therapy because that is a form of channeling. 
so Reiki in 2001. And then, oh gosh, I think I would say around 2011, 2012, I started offering my services to the public in more of like, you know, hey, this is my job kind of a thing. And I did have a client that came through and asked a lot of questions as if he came in like we were doing a reading. And at that point, I had taken multiple classes with readings, but I hadn't advertised it. So that initial first reading that I offered was also channeled. And we can talk about different forms of channeling. That one, I received mm -hmm. messages claircognitively. So I just had a direct knowing. Clairvoyantly, I saw visions. And then clairaudiently, I heard messages that I relayed to him. So when somebody goes to see a channeler or a reader who has their eyes open typically and is having a conversation, that form of channeling can often be called relay channeling if they are relaying a message. Mm. Yeah. And then for the more advanced kind of channeling, I think it was back in 2018, 2019, when I met a friend who channels in a new unique way. And I thought, wow, what's this all about? So did some research and found out that it easily happened for me. I could easily channel my guides and the archangels in more of a deep trance kind of space. And that was because I had been working for so many years as an energy therapist. So my energy was prepared for such, you know, a form of channeling in that way. And by that, mm. I was already using my Claire gifts and I could regulate my energy and I could sense energies and who I was I working with. So I was able to allow my team who I go, well, I call the council of light. That's, they call themselves the council of light, um, to come into my energy field. And so in a more enhanced way, um, the information would come through just directly and really fast and smooth. And my, even my voice changes because it's them, they're using my vocal cords. So every form of channeling can expand and build upon the next. And I think the most important part is to understand safety protocols, to know your energy and who you're communicating with. Yeah, beautiful. And we will talk about safety protocols a little bit later in our conversation. Um, see if you've got some tips to cleanse and protect your energy, because I know that that's really important. Um, I feel like we're talking about this at a really appropriate time for my spiritual journey as well. And uh, there's so many things I want to jump off of, of what you've just said. But one of the things I want to say is that, you know, you really hit the nail on the head there where you're basically talking about doing things in stages, because I think that we live in a society where we really want to be at the end. We really want to be at our goal without sort of putting in the work sometimes or recognizing that everything happens in divine timing, not necessarily when we want it to, right? Mm -hmm. We don't always get what we want. We get what we need and we get it in the divine timing and the perfect timing for that. So um, do you feel that in terms of your channeling journey, that that the the different stages of your development has really lent you to be able to be such a successful channeler as you are now, um, just based on all the things that you would have been learning along the way that you couldn't have jumped into, you know, kind of channeling spirit right away and doing it maybe as powerfully as you're able to. Yeah, absolutely. You know, 
most healers will say that what brought them to that space was to do their own healing. And that's how I found about Reiki back in high school. I was looking for a different way to heal myself. And from that, you begin to heal your energy field. So clearing out energies and confusion, stuff that isn't your own. And if we're really sensitive, then that can be so confusing, right? So as a channel, you want to be clear and you want it to be your energy and you want to be healthy, meaning your chakras are spinning at the appropriate frequency and they are not tipped over. I mean, there's all kinds of things when it comes to the chakras help, which maybe we talk about another time or maybe we did in the past, but um, so you want healthy chakras and then you want a healthy aura, strong energetic field and so throughout that time doing my own self-care and going to have my own sessions for that i think it really prepared me and it prepared me to then offer energy therapy to others and in that process is when i started communicating telepathically with my clients guides and the archangels and my guides and that's when i would start going into past lives and doing psychic surgery all of it was communicating with spirit, you know, the unseen realm. And when I started channeling, it just was taking it, like you say, a step at a time, taking it to the next level where I was able to start trusting the messages that were coming in and sharing those and then taking questions and see what else came through. So definitely it's important to remember and recall and be open to the acceptance of divine timing <laughs> and not not jumping forward like you were yeah. saying so there's a lot that comes yeah. to that in the relationship with your team and yourself and trusting the messages that you're getting mm. i uh i've talked about it on the show before but i did have a period in my life where i overwhelmed myself with too much information and i wasn't grounding. And I ended up giving myself almost a mental breakdown and I had to quit spirituality. I say I quit spirituality because I wouldn't talk about it with anyone. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't touch my decks. I wouldn't read anything about it for almost five years. And, um, that was really because I was trying to, I think, run before I walked and I wasn't really managing things in the way that I I could have done had I just been aware that things need to sort of happen in stages. So it's interesting because I feel that I'm getting the information that you're sharing in a different way now than I would have even six months ago, because I've started my mediumship train. I've been doing mediumship and I've started automatic writing since I read your book, which helped me with that. And what I realized just now, what you said is that some of the work that I've been doing, you know, when I'm seeing clairvoyantly or I'm, I'm hearing clairaudiently or, you know, claircognizant, clairsentient, I suppose I'm relay channeling. And I never realized that was something that, that I've been doing. Do you think channeling is basically any time we're getting information from source? Mm -hmm. Would that be kind of like a pretty general way of summarizing it? Yes. And in, you know, a formal setting or informal, the channeling part is when you receive it and then you share it. So artists and poets and dancers can channel energy frequency through movement and their art mm. and their poetry. And those of us that share messages from the unseen realm, 
we channel it often through vocal tones or words. Um, then you have the energy therapists that channel energies and there can be different types of energies they're channeling through for healing. So yes, it's tapping into the unseen world and bringing that into this physical reality. That's so cool. Cause I know I've had moments before when we get, you know, when you get that aha moment or that great idea. And, you know, sometimes I, I know that this idea has not come from me. It's dropped in from somewhere else. And I always take credit for it because it'd be very strange in a way. If I said to someone, you know, spirit just gave me the coolest idea ever. So very often I take credit, but then I know that, you know, I give credit as well to my guides <laughs> for dropping that information through, but I guess it's funny because I did sort of think that channeling needed to be, you know, you sit down and you decide I'm going to channel now. Whereas if you're just sort of open to inspiration and going with the flow of life, that channeling is a natural occurrence in a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Many of us channel when we don't even realize or put a full label of channeling to it. So yeah. thoughts and inspiration and guidance for loved ones can flow through. And also, like you mentioned, thoughts and inspiration for ourselves and how we can support ourselves and others can just drop in our lap. <laughs> yeah. What do you think some of the biggest myths are when it comes to channeling? What do you think the things that are people getting wrong, you know, maybe even like me that you need to sit down and, and be really super hyper-focused to channel? Uh, mm -hmm. That would be a myth, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the biggest myth overall is that it has to be done one way when there are so many different ways that we can channel. And also there are so many different sources that we can communicate with to channel those messages. Like you could talk to your higher self and get a different perspective than if you were to ask an archangel or even your spirit guide and especially loved ones that have mm -hmm. crossed over, they'll give us a different, you know, they'll give us information based on probably I would say like more of the relationship that we had with them. So a little bit more of their personality while they were here shines through and guides for the most part guides. And of course our loved ones that have crossed over have had experiences on earth. So they understand it to a level and it might be a little different for like an archangel to, <laughs> that hasn't incarnated, you know, they'll give information in a very supportive way, but it can have a different vibration to it and a different, um, oh gosh, like they, you know, they can just be so sure of things. And then we're here as a human and we're like, yeah, but, um, can I get a little bit more extra support or how about a few more synchronicities just to make sure <laughs> I'm there, I'm in, I'm connected in. So yes, yeah, so the types of channeling, so forms of channeling and where the information comes from can vary greatly. But I think one of the other misconceptions is that it's like dangerous. So I would say, well, if you understand and you're following the proper guidance and protocols, then you, you can have a beautiful experience, right? And kind of go back towards like, being um, in the medical profession can be dangerous if we don't understand proper protocols not to pick up diseases and hurt ourselves with, mm -hmm. you know, the surgical tools. Um, being in law enforcement can be dangerous, but also we're, they're trained, right? So as long as you are prepared and understand your team, and by team, 
I'm definitely talking about who you're working with in spirit, but I also encourage those who are working in spirit with spirituality, any form to have a group, like have some friends or mentors or other students that you can bounce your experiences off of and just check in like, Hey, does this make sense? Do I seem like, does it seem like it's flowing logical? And you know, that really helps as well. It's interesting because, you know, it seems to me that you can use channeling to be of service, but you can also use channeling to be of service for yourself, you know, to get clarity and wisdom from yourself. And, you know, when I read this book, which by the way, for a listener at home, you have to get it is it's a piece of art itself. It's, you know, it's this, it's an amazing book, Amy. I got to tell you, I write in all my books and <laughs> I was feeling a bit of stress that I couldn't write in this book because it was so beautiful. It's interrelated. There's colors in it. There's artwork in it. It's um. anyway, at a certain point I started going, I got to make notes here. So I just started writing in it, but I really <laughs> felt guilty about it because it was such a beautiful, <laughs> such a beautiful book. But um, one of the things that I learned about the automatic writing is I think I, I never did it because I thought it was maybe too much work or I didn't know what kind of information I was going to get or I, you know, sometimes I think I have fear a, around the future, mm -hmm. um, around maybe getting information I don't want to know. Uh, so, you know, I guess I just sort of didn't do it. And then when I started giving it a go, mm -hmm. I went, oh, wait a minute. There's a lot of clarity that I can get from this. There's a lot of support from this. There's a lot of positivity and encouragement that I'm getting from this. And the information that is coming through for me isn't scary at all. It's really just saying that, you know, I can do it and, and lending me a helping hand in a way. So do you think that, you know, sometimes we get in our own way of receiving information because we're maybe afraid of what it's going to be, or we don't feel worthy of, of receiving that information, or we don't trust ourselves to deliver messages for other people in a clear, concise way that's going to be for their highest good? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why, you know, practice and working with close friends or family as you're getting started, just, you know, or somebody that you feel really comfortable with. And that will help you to understand the messages, how they're coming through to you. So you can ask for feedback and then you can, you can just understand because some of us will feel a message in our heart, clairsentiently, we'll feel a message. Mm -hmm. Then we translate it, put it in our own words, where other times we might clairaudiently hear verbatim, word for word, a message. So practicing and being open to, um, you know, not judging yourself or the process. So of course we want to be clear on what's happening, but don't put it in a box, you know, be open to see how it comes through. What clear senses are you utilizing? And also when you get started, if you want to say, let's go with automatic writing, when you get started with automatic writing, you'll set your space and then you start flowing into writing, whether you're typing or you're writing with a pen on paper. And you can start typing out the thoughts that are going through your mind just to start clearing it and then type out, you know, ask who might be around and see if you feel energy or hear a word or a name. You can just kind of make note of that and then start going into thoughts and questions that come 
and see what response comes through you. Like you mentioned, sometimes we think ideas are our own, but when we're automatic writing, we can have this clarity and awareness that, oh, well, maybe it's coming from my guides or an angel because I've felt their presence as I'm connecting in. It can also be your own soul energy, of course, but when you flow at it with a space of being curious and just practicing, then it starts to feel more second nature. It's like riding a bike, you know, you get it or doing a cartwheel. <laughs> it took me a while to figure out how to do a cartwheel, but once I got it, <laughs> you know, you just flow. Um, so I would say if anybody is interested or curious or wanting to know what it's about, practice and give it a try. And you might find that it's one of your favorite forms of channeling or maybe you're really efficient at it, but it's not your favorite. So, you know, you really learn a lot about yourself too in the process. Mm. When you're going to channel or do automatic writing, I mean, we have talked about how sometimes channeling can just happen to you. But when you were talking about automatic writing there, it made me think about, do you need to be in a meditative state to be able to be open or can you, you know, just sit down at any time and have the intention to channel and then it works. And for people who are getting started, how do they discern what's coming from, you know, their spirit team mm -hmm. versus what's coming from themselves? Yeah. Oh, this is exciting to share. Okay. So really <laughs> what you, <laughs> I'm like getting all these messages. I'm like, okay. So, um, really what's fun <laughs> about it is, well, let's think about, um, Okay, the mechanics. So the energy needs to get through somehow. The message needs to get through. So if you're already clear and peaceful, grounded and calm inside, you might find that just boom, 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 all the messages flow through and you really didn't have to go into a deep meditative state. Well, if you've had a chaotic day or a chaotic week and you're just not feeling like yourself, yeah, you might want to set your space and meditate and prep your energy first to make sure that the, you understand the information because otherwise it can come in muffled or muddied or backwards, you know, like reading a paragraph, but it's all mixed up. The words are, so it depends on where you are in that day. So for some of us, we might find, oh yes, I really need to do a gentle meditation, maybe five, 20 minutes, depending, and then start flowing. So it's all about preparing yourself ahead of time. But if you're already feeling great and you can, if you're clairvoyant, you clairvoyantly look around, the room looks great, you can feel positive energy and messages are already coming in, then, you know, go with it for sure. Then the other question you were asking mm -hmm. is, I think something around trusting or how do you know? And so this is what they showed me. They were like, well, if you read it back later and your heart starts to sing and you feel motion come over you and either joy or happiness, or you want to cry, like your heart just opens, then you know for sure it's mm -hmm. channeled. You know it's a channeled piece and also if it catches you off guard we're like wait wait a minute did i write this i don't remember writing this you know like oh that did yeah. come through so those are some ways that you know and, and often yes when you look back you can tell for myself i know when i'm channeling it in the process because i've had experience so for anybody that wants to automatic write you will learn over experience what does it feel like when the messages come in? And for me, viscerally, how does my body feel? I feel very peaceful, very relaxed. And when I wrote the book, Activating the Starseed, most of it's channeled. 
So I typed it with my eyes closed. I was just typing and I would get messages in my mind. Oh. And I would type, 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 mm -hmm. and it would come out. And then I would read it like a few days later and I'm like, oh, wow. Like I could tell it wasn't me. <laughs> the, the words are different than what I yeah. use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things you said there too is so important. And I don't know if our listener at home felt that, but I felt it so deep in my heart when you were talking, like it actually makes me emotional, you know, about the loving messages. Uh, I just think that, you know, we live in a society sometimes where we're so hard on ourselves and I know I am so hard on myself and I take, take things seriously. And, and I think sometimes, you know, when we're connecting with source energy and we feel that overwhelming love and that overwhelming support, it's such a different feeling than just a general state of mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Messages coming through, Amy, they're never going to be negative, right? They're, they're, if it's a difficult conversation, it's going to still be phrased in a way where we feel supported. Is that right? And that's sometimes a, a, a way to discern as well. When you look at the tone. If you're connected with a true spirit guide or an ascended being, yes. If you've tapped in with an astral energy, like an earthbound spirit or a loved one that hasn't crossed over and healed, then the messages can be not kind. And that's when you would say, oh, okay, that's one way to discern imposter spirits. So if you're setting your space to connect mm -hmm. in with the being of light who is ascended and healed and wise and therefore your highest good, the messages will come through with clarity and they will come through in peace with love and positivity. Even if you're going through something challenging or if they're like, hey, hey, girl, you messed up, <laughs> you know, look here, you know, <laughs> so they guide us and they help us. But our guides, you know, they are there to support us and it's not going to be beneficial to talk down to us. So there's a respect and yeah. that kind of relationship when it's a positive being that you're interacting with. And that's why it's important to know who you're uh, interacting with and communicating with. And when you start channeling, that's why it's important also to set your space and your energy. I do want to ask you in a few minutes, whether or not you've got some tips to help our listener at home get started, uh, whether it's through automatic writing or whether it's um, through channeling in other means, I guess I wanted to know what is some of the information that you do get. So do you get answers to questions? Should I buy this house? Should I take this job? Uh, is the information that you're getting grander than that? And it's about life purpose or, you know, why mm -hmm. we're here. Uh, is it, do you even have to have a question? Can you just get a healthy download to just boost your self-esteem? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All of the above. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, when I'm channeling for myself, it's combined with like an energy healing session for myself. And sometimes I recognize that it is my soul or my higher self, or I'm the one doing the energy work. And other times I recognize it might be an ascended master or archangel doing the energy work. So there's that aspect. And then when I'm working with others, I, you know, if I'm doing an energy session or a reading, I typically start where I just tune in and ask for the messages or the visions to come through. And when I'm working with somebody, I work with their voice through audio. So Skype audio or the phone, I don't work off of birthdays or astrology or um, pictures, nothing like that. 
And so I'll just channel information and it can be, I usually look in their aura to see what's going on. And if something's off in the aura, then I ask and I get messages around it. And then when they want to ask any additional questions, it can be any kind of question. So I channel about energy health, past lives, soul missions, contracts, um, Gosh, I, I mean, any kind of question somebody might have, even about relationships, jobs, moves, pets, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of an open opportunity and very rarely will nothing come through, you know? So when that happens mm -hmm. for any reader, it's just like, okay, you might want to ask why. And sometimes it's like, well, so I learned this a lot when I was doing past life regressions for others. If something didn't come through, it was like, well, there's a lesson in here that they need to learn and still like they kind of need to pick it up. But that's very, very rare. Right. And when you're channeling, the cool part is you can receive guidance around like tips and exercises and things that are, you know, resources for them to heal or move through that or take accountability mm -hmm. and see things from a different way. So, yeah, you can ask any kind of question. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I guess I'm wondering, you know, when do you decide a question is appropriate to ask for help on? Because I find that sometimes I'll make day-to-day -day decisions based on my intuition or what I want to do at the time. It doesn't always occur to me to say, hey, you know, should I go to this cafe or or this one? I mean, that's a pretty mundane example, but do you find that you're asking for guidance all the time or do you rely on yourself at a certain point? Because people can get in some level addicted to, you know, wanting guidance from, from their guides without having to make the decisions themselves in which there could be lessons and opportunities to be found within even sometimes making mistakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I live my life day to day through intuition and if something feels off, then I'll ask for more information about it, right? So um, trust yourself, of course, like your guides are there to help you, but they're not there to live your life for you, right? So use your discernment, use your, your mind as well as your heart, you know, your gut instincts, all of it as you flow throughout the day. Often it will be when we have big decisions to be made. Or if patterns keep coming up in our life, we might pause and say, whoa, what is this about this theme? This topic mm. keeps occurring, you know, whether it's like in conversations or out when you're driving, you keep seeing this billboard and then you see it on a bumper sticker, you know, whatever it might be. So sometimes your guides will bring these little messages through to get your attention to really tune into a specific question. But day to day, you know, if you're, this is why it's nice to meditate in the mornings and have a clear energy field, because then if you feel anything is off, you can tune into that deeper, but you also know when things feel right and you're in alignment and you're flowing in your frequency. When you're going to channel, do you decide who you're going to talk to first? You know, would you go in and go, okay, let's say I'm going to do a reading for Sarah. I want to talk to her spirit guides or would you say, I want to talk to the angels or, you know, do you direct it or are you mostly just allowing things to flow in, in the right, the right souls or the right spirits come through? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll share my way, but just generally speaking, it's up to the channel, whoever they want to, you know, be open to working with. So when I work, mm -hmm. I set my energy and I just 
relax and kind of ask who's here. And I do work a lot with the archangels, especially like right at the beginning of the session because they help put this protective force field around me and my space and their reading. They just provide some great energy, you know, so I work with them a lot and then maybe guides will come in. The clients are my own. Sometimes I'll see, you know, like loved ones or even beings from other lives will pop forward, but I stay open to the highest vibrational guidance and beings who are there for my client and what they're going through. So every session is different and that's, really nice to just tune in and see who comes through that day. We know some of the things that I've heard before when people channel is that they go, oh, I can't remember what I said, or I've even said things to people and they'll repeat back to me and go, Lauren, when you said blah, 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 I just knew right away that was right. And I went, oh, I don't remember what you're talking about. So does that normally happen when you're free flowing that you're just you know, really a conduit and it's all just coming through and, and you don't remember the stuff. And very often, I mean, would you want to remember it or is it just not for you? It's for the person that you're serving. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love all of these. Yes. Aspects to what you're sharing. So first of all, um, it can flow through you. I call it streaming. It just streams right through and there it goes. It's like, bye, you know, it isn't for me. It's for them. So <laughs> I don't always remember unless they bring it up or if I were to go back and watch or listen, you know, to the message it's recorded. But if you were to remember everything, I think we would become so oversaturated. And also we want it clear in between yeah. channeled sessions. So I don't want any of the messages or energy from a previous session influencing the next reading. So you want to be a clear channel. You want to let it go and just, you know, flow. And that can take practice and it is a skill, right? So because you want mm -hmm. the message to come through without judging it. And there's a difference between if you're like, oh, something feels kind of off, let me ask a little bit deeper. And so again, it just comes with practice, but we deliver the message, you know, as it comes through. And sometimes if I'm like, okay, am I really hearing this correctly? I'll ask for them to repeat it before I deliver it. But when you're streaming, mm -hmm. when it's just flowing through, you step away in a sense that you are not, um, like you're really not the one giving the message so you let it flow through and you're really not judging it or you know they can then ask the questions that they need to to get more clarity but that's why there's different forms of channeling so relay channeling um, is more conversational in my mind and that i can ask follow-up questions that i think the client might be asking if they don't um, streaming you're just like it's just coming through really quickly. And then the vocal physical channeling is the most advanced where I let them come in and use my body and my voice. So when that happens, I'm like standing to the side and listening. And I remember parts because I find it fascinating. It's like watching a movie, but I don't remember all oh, of wow. it. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Do you remember the first time that you you had that happen and did you go in with the intention of saying okay i'm all right mm -hmm. y'all i'm ready come on in i'll step aside yeah 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 i took a um a workshop on channeling like i had already was able to feel them come in and and that was just a slight step a slight you know new like awareness or 
I guess, request. I was saying, hey, let's try this because I already channeled healing energy. So in healing energy sessions, I have felt etheric surgeons come in and work through my body. So it wasn't anything new in that way. What was new is letting them use my voice. And so toning really helped so they could work with the body and understand the vocal cords. But when I started to channel um, messages, yeah, it was after a workshop and I was able to let them tune to my energy field. We worked together through this meditation they were showing me and then a little bit of vocal toning. And then you, I was breathing and letting the words start to form and come out. So that was definitely something that I was very conscious and aware of. And I was telepathically speaking to my guides as they were merging with my body and starting to use my body. And the more comfortable they got with my body, then I left it a little bit more and a little bit more. And I don't fully leave. I'm just kind of hanging out on the side of my body, <laughs> like off to the side. Yeah. Was it scary or was it fascinating and, and full of love? Because that's the energy that, you know, was coming through when we're mm -hmm. talking to source. Yeah, it was so full of love and support. And it was like happy, exciting. Also serious, like, okay, let's do this. You know, we're learning, like we were really focused and dedicated. So it's a blend of being focused in the moment, but also relaxing and allowing and working together. And I had worked with my guides for a long time. Like I met these guides, I think I would probably say back in 15, 2015. And then I started channeling them in this way in 18. And they had worked with me my whole life. It was just a more conscious awareness of their frequency and who they are. Yeah. And a lot of times our guides feel like us, you know, they're with us from before birth. So making that distinction is kind of nice. I mean, it really is, but it can take a little bit of practice. I made the distinction and met them when I was regressed in hypnosis and they started talking about me in third person. So then I was like, oh, that's not me talking. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. But it felt so natural like myself. Um, so I had worked with them for many years already. And that's why I always, you know, recommend know who you're working with and make it a conscious experience. And not everybody will want to go that full into like the full vocal channeling. And that's okay. Mm. So if you're guided and when the time comes, know that it's a form of channeling that can be mm. beneficial. And I would say one of, one of the benefits for that form of channeling is when working with groups and I bring through a message, um, they can get this activation of healing. And then also one-on-one, -on -one, there's more than just the words and the message. It's a healing session too, or a transmission of light codes and you can feel it in your body and you can feel it more so than if it was me relay channeling mm -hmm. kind of like the whole room mm -hmm. can feel the energy. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Cause it sounds to me that that was a natural progression on your journey and that while you were intentional about it, it was, it, it was natural. Uh, I was going to say to you at the beginning of our conversation, I think I was going to do it off the record, but I was going to say, um, that I haven't done that type of channeling yet, you know, even though your book covers so many things that I have really been doing the relay message, the relay channeling, which I realize now and the automatic channeling. And I guess it's because I'm probably not ready yet that I'm still figuring it out and I'm still learning. So I guess it's a bit big part about knowing that we'll be guided to the next step when 
it's the right time for us. Do you ever find that you have days when the channeling just isn't really happening and you're not flowing or does that have to do more with whether or not you've set yourself up and been taking care of your energy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, not in that way. So, so when it doesn't flow, it's kind of because I'm not in that vibe. Like I'm not working. I don't have a reading on the calendar. I'm just, I shouldn't say just, but I'm having to, the opportunity to live as a normal human <laughs> that day, Yeah, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I do go back and forth in between different, you could call them like dimensions or frequencies or mindsets. So where is my intention placed? But if and when mm -hmm. I want to channel and I'm in my home or a quiet space that I'm comfortable in, it can happen really quickly. If I'm in a new location, I would um, take a moment to scan the room and set the space there. And, you know, also like I personally feel like the environment has to be supportive of it. So I wouldn't go into a crowded public place and start channeling, but I probably could, but yeah. I wouldn't because that would just be weird, right? That wouldn't be <laughs> really a good idea. <laughs> So everyone listen to me. I have wisdom to impart. Yeah. Yeah. That might not go no, well. I don't think. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I think we need to talk before we wrap up, obviously, well, about 50,000 things. This always happens. Um, I do want to talk about getting the basics right. I do want to talk about cleansing and protecting your energy. You have talked numerous mm -hmm. times in this conversation about discerning who you're speaking to. Uh, so tell me a little bit about, you know, if our listener at home is wanting to get started, making sure that they have the basics down packed, such as cleansing and clearing their energy and then protecting themselves as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, you want to be aware of your energetic health and your emotional state. So get that where you feel healthy, balanced and calm and at peace and then set your area, set your room, um, you know, set your sacred space, they say. So definitely. And you can do that by cleansing the space and then blessing the space. And I talk about that in detail in the ultimate guide to channeling and um, also have a little um, part of it. And there's a library at my school, spiritschoolonline.com. There's a library of meditations and activations. And in it, there is a little video about setting your space. So you want to set your space, make sure your energy feels amazing and good to the best that you can, right? And then do a meditation to light up your chakras because each chakra utilizes a clear sense or is um, governing a clear sense. So you want to light up your chakras with maybe some breath or meditation there and then start to fill your aura with light and then feel the energy around you and ask. Now, if you say, I would like to connect with my guide, ask your guide to come forward. If you would like to connect with an archangel, ask the archangel to come forward, whomever it might be, an ascended master, you know, maybe you want to do mediumship, it's your grandmother or your higher self. So discern by first putting the intention out there and then feeling the vibration. And does it feel in alignment? Does it feel comforting and supportive? And what messages are coming through? If you start to feel frustrated, agitated, you know, like emotions come up that are not pleasant, I would say stop and then maybe consider starting over again 
or coming back to it at a different time. I think it's important that what you've talked about though, is really setting yourself up properly. Um, do you also, when you're done a session, do you close down your chakras? Do you have a salt bath? Do you mm. uh, use sage or any kind of herbs to cleanse your space? You know, do you have a sort of a routine that you do as well? That would be something that's to start. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's for myself, um, I would say I probably would stage myself ahead of the session, right? Um, afterwards, if it's with somebody else, you can do any sort of self-care practice or routine to separate your energies and define your own aura. So if you felt like some frequencies were hanging around from a reading for somebody else, you could use sage to cleanse that. Um, when you're done with a session, I always end in gratitude, you know, thinking even if I don't vocalize it, like that prayer is in my heart. And then I will pull my aura back a little bit closer to me because when I channel, my aura expands and then my chakra is the same. So they dilate open. So I'll constrict them a little bit back to my normal resting space and any cords or streamers of energy that would be between myself and somebody else, I release those. So visualization and intention is really powerful. So when you're done with a session, you can visualize your chakras coming back to like an average circumference, whatever that might mean for you. And um, then you can surround yourself with a color or a frequency. So a lot of times we might just be open to whatever color comes in and be aware of it and thank it. Um, often of late, I see a lot of purples and golds come in around the aura to, you know, close the session, seal the aura, and that helps it stay strong, supportive and protected. So we can all go through our own experience. Some people might ring, um, like a symbol or a bell or play a bolt at the end. So whatever you want to create your sacred practice, however you want it to be, just stay with it consistently. Like that's your message to spirit. Mm -hmm. I'm open and now I'm closed or welcome. And then thank you. So yeah, it's very individualized, but there's a lot of great ideas out there, right? So just do whatever feels the best for you. Intention is the most important thing. I love that. And I think that, you know, as we develop and grow, we sometimes get bits and pieces from everyone. I know when I read your book, I learned um, I loved the Metatron um, pyramids and I like always use one now on the top and the bottom. I just as part of my visualization when I'm protecting my energy and bringing that in. So I just love how, you know, when we learn from different people's experiences, we can really create our own way. And you just made me think of something too, that I'd like to start to integrate into my own practice in terms of cleansing. Do you ever get exhausted or depleted after channeling? Mm -hmm. Not really. I usually get energy <laughs> from it. Yeah. Right. So if you're getting exhausted or depleted, it could be that you haven't set yourself up properly, right? It could be. It could be that maybe you need to ground a little bit more or a lot of energy was coming through you. So maybe you hadn't worked up to that. Like if you were working with a whole group, maybe they needed a lot of energy. So you just felt like, oh, wow, that was a lot that my body had to hold and let come through but it's very yeah. rare. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think I, I know I did a reading for someone uh, recently and I 
had about five souls come through and this was an older person. And I was really tired after that. And I had never really worked with so many souls at one time. So it was a big learning experience for me to kind of be prepared for that. And then, um, and I think, like you said, what I did was, was ground and went outside, but it really affected me for the rest of the day. And I was just really quite exhausted. So maybe it's Mm -hmm. what you said. I kind of inadvertently got myself into a situation, which was a little bit (laughs) maybe beyond my school level or something like that for that moment. Yeah. I mean, it could be, or maybe it was just like, the next training level for you. And so it's just like flexing a muscle. Sometimes we get tired when we're lifting more weights, right? So you'll build yeah. up to a certain, yeah, a certain way of it. But was this, um, was this mediumship for like spirits? Yeah. And human? Yeah. So yeah. those, those frequencies are a bit different, you know, depending. So uh, when yeah. you channel like your own soul or a guide or angel, it's, um, for me, the energy can be more intense, but it's a higher frequency. So often right. it just leaves me super energized. And I will say like when I first channeled Metatron, I I wasn't really like tired and fatigued, but I was a little bit swimmy in my head. <laughs> my crown chakra was wide open, oh, okay. so I needed to rest to close it. So there's a lot of things. So if you could at the end, just release the external energy with whomever you're speaking with out of your aura completely close your aura and pull all your energy in your body that will help you and then ground and that will really that will really help you yeah oh thank you amy that's great so uh just before we wrap up i'd love to know how channeling information has changed your life and i'd also like to give you the platform if there's anything that i didn't ask you in our conversation that you wanted to bring up i mean i will say that to talk about channeling in an hour in the way that we could is probably impossible. I mean, you've written books on the subject. <laughs> We're not, you know, I couldn't even read this book in an hour if I wanted to. So uh, yeah, the floor is yours. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that's so true. Um, we'll take it, you know, like uh, one step at a time. And in my book, there are all different forms of channeling exercises to prepare you. And it goes like, you know, from beginner to advanced. So you can gradually go along at your own pace. It might be months, you know, who knows? It might be a year, you you know, everybody's so unique in their path. And what else to share? Just, I'm so grateful for being here and being able to talk about this because as we mentioned, there are some misconceptions, but one done with clarity and awareness and your, your high vibrational team. It's such a beautiful experience in my life. Um, channeling has helped me keep a connection open with my guides. So I work a lot for others, but there are those days where I might be having a day and then their message just comes through so strong and potentially I could doubt it or question. Right. And then I just have to say, Amy, come on now, girl, you're talking all the time. Give them messages for others. Accept this message yeah. for yourself. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so easy to give other people advice. Yeah. Not yeah. do it ourselves and stuff. Yeah, I know. Exactly. It's funny. Yeah. But in that, that's when automatic writing comes in because then you can go back and read it and integrate it and really digest the information after. But for me, it's given me a lot of support, reminded me who I am, helped me feel confident in all areas of life. And also, you know, like giving me kind of like a heads up 
of if I have two or three choices to make, what one would produce the best results for myself, you know, that, that I would want. So they'll show you different options, different timelines and you pick. So it's really nice. It helps you see in the future and work through relationships and, um, everything, in the present moment as well. It's so good. And it helps you to build confidence is what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Did you ever watch the TV show, The Mindy Project? Have you ever watched that show? <laughs> it's so good. Amy, you should give it, I don't know if it's your thing, but it's, it's so funny, but there's this one scene where she talks about <laughs> how she's like her own. She's basically saying, I just, you know, it's like I'm my own role model. And it was, it's ah. such a funny, <laughs> funny moment and such a funny gift as well. But I mean, really that's what we're doing, isn't it? Is as we continue mm -hmm. to develop and grow and build confidence with ourselves, we really do become the better version of ourselves. And I feel in a way that, you know, having people like you on the show is just, yeah, it's just better for the world all around when we can just get people to just feel empowered and think about their life in terms of opportunity and that, that we're not alone. And I want to thank you so much for being on the show and, and for this beautiful book that, that you've created and brought into the world. And obviously I need to get your other ones because if they're anything like this, I am missing out. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I did mention off the top that you do have a podcast, the Spirit and Soul Healing Podcast. You have your countless books as well. And I know you do sessions as well with clients. So I'll put a link in the show notes for our listener at home so they can connect with you right away. And um, please come back anytime. It would be great. We could talk about chakras and healthy auras maybe yeah. next show or something like that. <laughs> Oh, that'd be wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. It's been a, a great gift. Such a pleasure to be here today. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcasts and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.